When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, book lover. I am so glad you are here listening to my award-winning podcast, Thoughts from a Page, which is a member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. This show is a passion project for me, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoy making it. I only interview authors whose books I have read and enjoyed, so if I am chatting with an author on the main show, it means that I really liked their book and feel comfortable recommending it to you. With so many books coming out weekly, it can be hard to decide what to read, so I work hard to find the best ones and share them with you. For more book recommendations and to find my backlist of interviews, visit my website at thoughtsfromapage.com. Are you looking for an engaging book community with unique bonus content? If so, I hope you will consider joining my Patreon community, which is filled with a wonderful group of readers. I offer three levels, page turners, lit lovers, and royal readers. And each level provides all sorts of cool bonus book content that you will not find elsewhere. If you're interested or want more information, the link to join is in my show notes. Today, I'm chatting with Mary O'Malley and Pamela Klinger-Horn about their recommended reads for fall 2023. Mary is the free-range virtual bookseller at large for Skylark Bookshop, author liaison and scheduling producer for A Mighty Blaze, and she is also a writer, grandmother, and chicken wrangler. Mary lives outside of Chicago with her husband and a menagerie of pets. Pamela has been a literary event planner since 2012. She enjoys attending and promoting literary events throughout the Twin Cities and beyond and has been nicknamed the local literary fairy godmother. She is currently the literary event coordinator at Valley Bookseller in Stillwater, Minnesota, and the creator and host of the monthly literary program, Literature Lovers Night Out. I hope you enjoy our conversation. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome, Mary and Pamela. How are you guys today? Doing so well. We've got a little bit of heat here in Chicago, but that's a great reason to stay inside and read. As if we needed a reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have more than a little bit of heat here in Houston, but it is definitely a good reason to stay inside and read. Or get your floaty chair and get on one of Minnesota's many lakes or in a pool or even a kiddie pool and 
enjoy our last few bits of warm weather before fall arrives. Exactly. Well, I'm always thrilled to pieces when you two are here to chat, and we're going to be talking about fall anticipated reads and the books that you all are recommending. But before we do that, what does your reading look like these days? Well, I know that I am getting a lot of titles that are publishing in 2024, and I can say that it is looking to be a banner year already for incredible novels. I am reading 2024 as well. Very excited for January when Vanessa Chan's novel, The Storm We Made, arrives. I thought it was just breathtakingly beautiful. And last night, I revisited a favorite author, Stephen McCauley. Uh, his most recent work, I believe, was My Ex-Life, which I wondered and loved. I mean, and he now has a new one that's not coming out until January of 2024. And it is called You Only Call When You're in Trouble. And it's another fun, messy family drama. And it's just got a lot of warmth and humor and a big, messy family that, of course, you just fall in love with. I always think this time of year is so much fun when books for the next year start arriving. I don't know why that is so much fun to me, but all of a sudden, 2024 books are arriving and I'm like, oh, yay, starting to think about next year. I know. I don't know why I'm speeding ahead so quickly, but it does send a little thrill to my heart when I know I'm reading more than six months out. Mine as well. I just read a really great thriller. And I think, Mary, you just posted about it on Threads, Northwoods by Amy Pease. And it's set maybe in Minnesota. It is. That's a Minnesota title. As soon as I see the, the word Northwoods, I know it's either northern Wisconsin, northern Minnesota, and I gravitate to it right away. So that is one that's coming out in January. I think there's actually three books called Northwoods coming out. Um, I think one arrived maybe this month or is coming in the next few weeks. And I know Andrew Graff has another one coming out called Northwoods and then Amy Pease. So it's a popular title. It's fun to see how everybody handles the material differently. I was just going to say that Daniel Mason has a book, I think, coming out, yes, in September called Northwoods. And I think his Northwoods is two words. Amy Pease's is one word. And I didn't know there was a third one. So yes, lots of Northwoods coming out. But I thought her book was amazing. And I passed it to my husband. And he loved it. And it's actually going to be a traveling galley for my Patreon group, because I just thought it was so well done. Excellent. Yeah, it's uh, and, and it's a debut, which I thought was incredible. I agree completely. Well, what's going on in your bookish worlds? What are you two up to with respect to events and things like that? I'm getting very excited because September 10th, we are welcoming Jennifer Weiner to Minnesota. The bookstore Cream and Amber is working in conjunction with our local Jewish Community Center to host her. So we've got a lot of seats and they're selling quickly. Her new novel is called The Breakaway. It's a great novel. Um, lots of her trademark body positivity, smart women. Jennifer herself is a big time biker and this is about a bike trip. And to make it even more exciting, Jennifer Weiner is going to be in conversation with Curtis Sittenfeld. Curtis lives here in Minnesota now, and it turns out fortuitously that the two of them are friends. So I think it's going to be a really exciting event on September 10th. And tickets are available for that through the Cream and Amber website. Oh, that's awesome. That will be so much fun. Absolutely. And Skylark has just celebrated this past weekend their fifth birthday. So happy birthday to Skylark Bookshop. 
And thinking of birthdays and gifts, I just want to remind your listeners that if they're ever looking for a very unique and personal ongoing gift for somebody, for the reader in their life, whether it's a newborn baby or a senior reader, Skylark offers gift subscriptions where you can call them and describe or send a a form and describe your reader uh, and they will hand select a book a month. You can get a three-month subscription, a three-month, uh, six-month subscription, a 12-month, and each month your reader will receive a hand-selected title from Skylark. That's great. I always love giving either as a shower gift or a baby gift a starter library to get their bookshelves going so that the minute they come home from the hospital, the parents can start reading stories to that new baby. Agreed. I agree. And I love to give books as gifts, but sometimes it's hard to decide what book to give. So that's a great way to do it. Absolutely. Well, let's dive into the fall reads. Mary, you're going to go first. So what is the first book that you are going to recommend for fall? Oh my gosh, there are so many great titles coming out and it was tough to choose the ones I was going to talk about, but we're going to start with the September release. It's called The Heart of It All by Christian Kiefer. This is a searing small town narrative about how hard it is in an America that has increasing unsurety to find a sense of family and community. This book is set in a small town in central Ohio and entwines the story of three families, a white family with deep roots in the community, a Pakistani immigrant family that owns the company that is the town's largest employer, and a young Black man whose very presence shakes the town understanding of itself. This book, it had kind of a melancholy feel to it as I read it, which, you know, sometimes I just like to kind of fall into a book that gives you that real sense of that small town America. And this is an incredible book club book. I loved it so much. There is so much to discuss while you're reading it. So it's The Heart of It All by Christian Keeper. I second the nomination. I read that one as well, Mary, and you are spot on. It's just a beautiful novel, interesting portrait of America. I'm not even familiar with that one, so it sounds really good, and I'm going to have to add it to my list. Uh, It definitely needs some big attention because it's well worth reading, and I think book clubs will really have a great discussion about it. Okay, great. Well, my first title, Readers Won't Have to Wait Long, it's a September 5th release from a big fan favorite, William Kent Kruger. His new novel is a standalone. It's not part of his Cork O'Connor mystery series. It's called The River We Remember. Kent has two other standalone novels that are just gorgeous. And this one, again, is one of my top picks. It might be my very second favorite after Ordinary Grace, which I consider his masterpiece. But again, this novel is set in a small town in Minnesota. It is beautiful, lyrical prose. And he's got some children who are characters in the story. And once again, you just become so emotionally attached to these characters. It's 1958. Small town Minnesota is kind of knocked off its feet by the murder of one of its local citizens. But he's a pretty bad guy and has many enemies. So it could be one of many people settling a vendetta with him. But of course, it's very easy for the town to choose a scapegoat in the character of Noah Bluestone, 
He's a Native American married to a Japanese woman. And of course, rumors and suspicions fly. Who will discover the truth? And will there be more murder and destruction before that truth comes to light? William Kent Kruger always spins a wonderful tale. And this one is one of his finest. He is doing an amazing book tour this fall. As I said, the book comes out September 5th, and I believe he has at least 60 events. So if you check his website, you may well be able to attend one of them because he is a very busy man. I don't know how he's going to do this for 60 plus events, um, just about one a day. But go to his event, pick up a copy of The River We Remember, give it as a gift, read it with your book club. This is really a wonderful book. And it's a great way to start the fall. comes right out very soon. You don't have to wait long, September 5th. And while you're waiting, pick up a copy of Ordinary Grace and make sure you've read that one, even though they're all standalones. I feel the same way about this book. I loved it so much. William Kent Kruger, I just posted about this today. He is one of those authors that I don't have to read the premise. I don't have to know anything about the book. If I see a book with his name on it, I know I'm going to love it. And he is a whirlwind on his tours. And yet I've seen him toward the end of a tour and he is just as wonderful and gracious and lovely as he is at the beginning. Well worth worth seeing him on one of his book tour stops. It's it's an amazing novel. And he is an amazing man. He's just very generous of soul and good hearted and gives his presentations and his readers his all every time. I loved this one as well, and I've already interviewed him for it. And he is just delightful. I just thought it was the most beautiful book. And I passed it to my husband, and he thought the same. It's just so well done. It is. Mary, your turn. So this this one, for those of you who listen to Pamela and I on a regular basis, you're going to say, wait a minute, didn't she already talk about this? My next title was supposed to come out in June. It's now coming out in September. I don't know. I'm I'm guessing maybe that means it's a big book club pick, but who knows? It is Amazing Grace Adams by Fran Littlewood. And this book, I called it a primal howl for women everywhere and mothers everywhere. And that is the perfect description. Uh, anybody looking for this, you'll know you got the right book when you see a woman uh, flipping the bird on the cover. This is a uh, a story about a woman who's stalled in traffic. She's stuck in her car and she just says, leap it and gets out, leaving her car where it is in the middle of the street. And she starts walking. Thus begins a series of mishaps that are darkly funny, sad, and Oh, so completely relatable all at the same time. Somebody said, if failure is the mother of success, then this mother deserves to hit the jackpot. And that is for sure. Amazing Grace Adams is for every mother who has ever just had enough. I really, I found myself laughing out loud. And at the same time, my heart just bursting open with, anger and grief and sadness and all of the emotions that mothers go through at any given time. That's Amazing Grace Adams by Fran Littlewood. All of these constant shifting of pub dates lately is so confusing. You know, I just feel like every time you turn around, you have a book set, you think you know when it's coming out, and then it's shifted. So, but this one's good. You got to talk about it twice. 
<laughs> and it's a treat. It is a lot of fun. If you ever had a day when you just think you're going to lose it, you need to meet Fran. <laughs> <laughs> well, for something completely on the opposite spectrum from Fran is The House of Doors. This is coming October 23rd from an author named Tan Wang Eng, E-N-G. And this one is inspired by true historical events. The House of Doors is one of those books that you pick up, you read it, and you say, this is just a literary masterpiece. It's got absolutely gorgeous, eloquent prose. It's really inventive retelling of history. And it's a beautiful ode to love and loss. I think this is going to be a singular literary sensation this fall. It's already an international bestseller, and it's long-listed for the Booker Prize. In the House of Doors, we meet Leslie and her husband, Robert, in 1921. They are living a rather dull and staid life in Malaysia as expatriates. And mom, Somerset mom and his, quote-unquote, secretary, come along for a visit because they're old friends of Robert's. And he has reached a dry spell. And he's looking for new material. And Leslie, the wife, tells him about a murder that happened. And the wife of her prestigious family was the one accused of murder. And he becomes raptly attentive to this story and wants to spin it into fiction. So it uses these real events and rewrites them into this absolutely compelling and gorgeous novel. It's got issues of race, gender, sexuality, and of course, power under the British Empire as these expatriate community lives in Malaysia. And it's just an incredible novel. Um, these characters, when you get finished, you are not going to forget them. You're going to have to talk about them. And this, again, is a great book club selection. It'll send you on a deep dive into looking at Malaysian history, the novels and works of Somerset Mom, and about these real incidents that happened with this murder among the expatriate community in Penang. I highly recommend it. It's called, again, The House of Doors, and it comes out October 23rd. This may be one of my favorite books of the whole year, and of the coming six or eight, nine months, it's a stunner. And this is one that Pamela and I almost had to arm wrestle over raving about on this podcast because we both adored this book. It's incredible. It is a sensation. It is a masterpiece. One of you posted about it, or maybe both of you. So I downloaded it and I have it in NetGalley and I just need to get to it. And now you're making me think I need to bump it way up my list. Yeah, it's from Bloomsbury and my sales rep with Bloomsbury had kept urging me to read it. And it was just one of those things. I just hadn't got to it. And after I read it, I said, oh, I should have picked this up immediately. It's just so brilliant. Okay, good. Absolutely. Definitely will. Yeah, definite pre-order. Definite pre-order. All right. Well, my next title, I'm going into the historical realm myself. It is The Golden Gate by Amy Chua, C-H-U-A. This is a historical thriller set in 1944 in Berkeley, California. A homicide detective is investigating the assassination of a presidential candidate at the Claremont Hotel. 
and he unearths a series of lies and secrets involving a family of heiresses, China's first lady, and the myriad political players who stand to lose everything. It is set in the era of racial and labor unrest. This was very immersive to the time and to the place set around that golden gate. And it just took me right into the pages. I could picture the hotel. Just talking about it brings me back into this. I can see the fine china set on the tables. I can see the way the the women are dressed. Amy does such a great job of bringing the dialect and and it it just was very immersive. I enjoyed it very much. A historical thriller, The Golden Gate by Amy Chua. And she is also the author of The Tiger Mother, right? The very controversial parenting book about Chinese parenting. Yes, I thought that was so interesting. I didn't realize that at first. And then I kept seeing articles about it. And I was like, oh, she actually is the author of The Tiger Mom. So yes, I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I also am going to flip around to an entirely different genre. This is an October 23rd release from popular novelist Karma Brown. It's called What Wild Women Do. And this story has a dual timeline, one set in a feminist campground back in the 1970s, and the other one set in the present. We meet Eddie and Rowan, who are a young couple. Um, The two of them are both creative types, but they're in a rut. Nothing's really happening for either of them with their work. So they decide that they are going to take some time away and go camp in the woods and see if that will re-energize their creative juices. While they're there, they find out that they are located near what was once a feminist campground back in the 1970s in which the mysterious feminist crusader who was the leader disappeared and was never heard from again. So in the course of the story, Rowan, the young woman, finds an old diary about this place, and she becomes more and more convinced that something happened to this woman, that she did not disappear of her own free will. And Eddie Calloway, the woman who said, who formed the campground, she encouraged all kinds of what was considered wild behavior in the 1970s. And she's also becomes a catalyst for Rowan to see where her life is being dragged down and what she needs to do to find that wild woman within herself. Both timelines are equally fascinating. I loved how Karma Brown went back and forth between the characters and how history is inspiring Rowan today. And it's got a wonderful resolution. And I was really cheering for these characters by the end of it. So that's what wild women do. And that's, again, another October release from Karma Brown. That's actually the first book I have in my suitcase that I'm taking with me on my little weekend getaway this weekend because of your recommendation, Pamela. Perfect vacation reading. You are in for a treat. I didn't realize she had a new book coming out till I saw it on your list. Yes, her last one was The Recipe for a Perfect Wife, which I highly recommend. Absolutely fabulous story. It was great fun. And a cautionary tale for troublesome husbands. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I loved that one as well. My next one is another September release. And this is up there in my top reads of the fall, if not 
maybe the whole year. And it is The Museum of Failures by Thridi Omrigar. She's the author of Honor, um, which I think was a Reese pick. And she is back with this incredible, incredible story. Little side note that nobody asked for, but I'm going to give you anyway. One of my grandsons is named Remy. And I, until my daughter chose that as a name, I had never heard it anywhere. And this book, the protagonist's name is Remy. So I was delighted to see that as I opened it up. And even more delighted as I went through this story, Thritty is a masterful storyteller. I talk all the time about reading outside of my experience, and I love books that are set in India. There's something about the culture, the people, the land that just draws me in. And the Museum of Failures is dual settings of India and America, and those set the stage for this beautiful family drama. Remy is an Indian man who moved to America many years earlier, but returns to his homeland to adopt a baby. He sees his mother for the first time in many years and finds her bedridden and uncommunicative. His visit revives her. Uh, But soon after their lifetime of complicated relationship comes back and in doing so, Remy comes to discover some family secrets that come to light that change everything Remy thought he knew about his mother, his father, his family and himself. This is a beautiful, gorgeous family drama I did not want to leave these characters. Thridi does such a beautiful job with her character development, bringing each one of these people to life. And I absolutely loved this book. That is Museum of Failures by Thridi Omrigar. I agree. This is one of the titles Mary and I had to argue over. We did a trade. You can have this one if I can have this one. It is riveting. I love a good family drama. And this is, I think, one of her best. I, I think I've read most of her body of work. And I really, really enjoyed this one. It's on my list and I just haven't gotten to it yet. So it's another one that I clearly need to bump up. You do. Well, my next novel also involves family secrets. This is another October release, October 23rd. The author is Amanda Peters. And I believe this is a debut. The novel is called The Berry Pickers, and this is a very emotional novel. We take a deep dive into the experience of loss and trauma through the lens of two siblings. We have the brother Joe and the sister Ruthie. Ruthie is four and Joe is six when their family comes to Maine to pick blueberries as they do every year, and Ruthie suddenly disappears. And Although Joe is only six, he holds himself responsible for her disappearance for the rest of his life. And it is traumatic. It is crushing. And the family is Native American, so they're not given as much assistance to find this missing child as they would have had they been part of the white community. The other narrator that you get is Norma. You as the reader know that this is the missing Ruthie. And so you get to read her story as it unfolds with this family growing up as the only child in a white family where the mother has experienced many miscarriages and infant loss and 
has become so traumatized that she would go out and steal a child. You as a reader know this immediately, but of course the characters do not. And it is incredible. Norma slash Ruthie knows there's a family secret. She knows there's something people aren't telling her. She's surrounded in an almost smothering love, but she's safe. You know, she's well-raised, she's nurtured. And she and Joe tell this story back and forth as she searches for herself, what are memories, what are dreams for her, and as Joe tries to forgive himself for this horrible error that he made as only a six-year-old and was not really accountable for, but that he spends the rest of his life feeling as though he bears the burden of having his sister taken. So again, it's called The Berry Pickers. It is a gorgeous novel, new voice in fiction, and it's just so interesting to see how these people both search for the truth and how trauma pervades through many generations when something traumatic like this happens to a family. Pamela has been raving about this book since I was up to visit her and I haven't read it yet, but it just sounds incredible. It's not terribly long, so I encourage you to dive in, um, meet this family and spend some time with them because it will leave you with so much to think about. I had not heard of it and I just looked it up while you were talking about it because I'm such a visual person. So often I'll see a cover and I'll be like, oh, I have seen that book, but I looked it up and I don't think I have seen it. So I need to track it down. Beautiful cover and it sounds phenomenal. It came to my attention because it was on a someone's list, maybe Publishers Weekly of Notable Books for Fall. And it wasn't one I was familiar with, nor was I familiar with the author's name. So I quick looked it up, read the summary, and then requested a copy. And I was very happy that I had done so because I really enjoyed this novel. It's a tough story, a sad story. Of course, more and more comes to light each day about how Native children have been taken from their families and taken from their culture. And this is another look into that. Yes, a very timely story. Indeed. Okay, good. Well, I'm going to definitely track that down. Thank you. So my next one is another September pick. I'm heavy on the September picks, but it's an end of September pick. And it is by Lauren Groff. It's The Vaster Wilds. Lauren is the author of Fates and Furies and The Matrix. And The Vaster Wilds was it's one of those books when I was a baby bookseller and somebody would come in and ask for a book where the language took center stage, I wasn't always sure what they meant. I now understand they mean a book like this. The language takes center stage. This book is set around 1609 and the starving time in Jamestown and features a servant girl who escapes from a colonial settlement with nothing but a few possessions and her wits. What she finds in the wild stretches the limits of her imagination and bends her beliefs in everything that her own civilization has taught her. The writing is so lyrical. And this is, it's another one where, you know, I can feel the dirt under my feet and I can smell the woods and I can feel the bone chilling cold. Lauren just takes you into this place in time and into the mind and the heart of this young girl that's just trying to survive. It's The Vaster Wilds by Lauren Groff. That one's on my nightstand and I keep hearing rave reviews, so I've got to uncover it and get to it quickly because I have enjoyed her last few books. 
I don't usually read that far back in time, but that actually sounds really intriguing. It was. I'm not usually a fan of going that far back either, but this, you know, it's it's America in its infancy and you you I had those history classes, American history where you'd learn a paragraph about what what it was like to live then. So this really gave me a much greater understanding of what it was like to be one of the early people here uh, on this land. Well, I was an American studies major, so this is right up my alley. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm more on Mary's side in that, that I definitely remember bits and pieces and I'm interested in it, but that definitely sounds like it could be a fascinating read. I may have to track it down. All right. My next one is one of my big fall favorites. And I'm very excited to say that the author, Jean Guac, is going to be appearing at Literature Lovers Night Out in two locations, both with the bookstore Valley Bookseller in Stillwater and Cream and Amber in Hopkins. And tickets for this event are on both stores' website. Her new novel is called The Leftover Woman, but you may recognize Jean Kwok's name because she had two very well-selling novels, The Girl in Translation and Searching for Sylvie Lee. This one is stunning. It is the book that I had been waiting for. I didn't know it, but I've been waiting since Little Fires Everywhere. In this one, Jean Kwok brilliantly depicts the power of a mother's love and the lengths that a woman will go to to protect her child. I found myself holding my breath as these two mothers are set on a collision course that you know is going to implode. And because it's a novel, it's sure to have dire consequences. In this one, Jasmine Yang arrives in New York City. She's on the run from a controlling husband back in China. And she is desperate to find the daughter who was taken from her at birth. Because of China's one-child policy, she was told that the daughter was dead so that her family could have another child. But it was actually adopted to an American family. The other character that we get is Rebecca Whitney. She has a very prestigious job. She's a very high-powered white woman. And she and her husband have a beautiful home and um, a nanny for their adopted Chinese daughter. You can see where this is going. But as her world starts to crumble and Jasmine gets more and more information about her child and what her husband did to deceive her, you know this is going to explode. And it does in a really twisty, suspenseful way. It's surprising and poignant. And it is fascinating exploration, of course, about motherhood and what makes the family and about your identity. And right now, of course, there's so much going on with anti-Asian sentiment in some groups and a lot of hostility towards immigrants. And you see that in this novel and also about the extreme love that this couple has for the child that they have adopted. There's cultural differences, of course, but the one thing that unites them is this deep emotional connection that they both have to this little girl. And it's a beautiful novel. And you know, it just can't possibly turn out well for everybody and who do you root for? And, oh, I mean, set your heart just to dial right over to stunning because it's emotionally wrenching and you're going to love it. And it's called The Leftover Woman by Jean Kwok. This is on my list. I haven't read it yet, but now you've got me wanting to rearrange the books I'm taking on vacation. You'll tear right through it. I'm midway through it right now. And so now you're making me think, oh, I really can't wait to get to the end of it. 
I haven't had as much time to read the last couple of days, but I'm dying to get to the end to see where it ends. Well, my next title is an October release, and it would not be a fall anticipated list without one of my favorite spooky season ghost stories. I love a good old fashioned ghost story, and this delivers. It is My Darling Girl by Jennifer McMahon. I love Jennifer McMahon's books. She is, man, she's just a haunting, haunting author. And My Darling Girl is no exception. It is perfect for spooky season featuring Allison, who is living in Vermont with her husband and daughters. She hates Christmas for reasons you come to find out but it's it's just making a life for herself and trying to forget the past. Instead, her estranged mother reaches out to say that she is terminally ill and only has a short time to live, and she would like to spend those last days with Allison and her family. Instead of the long-hoped-for reconciliation that Allison thinks might have happened, strange and inexplicable things begin to happen in the house. But are they really happening like Allison thinks they are? Or is it all in her head? Is she being gaslighted by her mother? And if so, um, has her daughter been pulled into that? This book left me feeling unsettled in absolutely all of the best ways. I love that just bone chilling, edge of your seat, hold your breath storyline. And Jennifer McMahon delivers that with my darling girl. She does indeed. This is a great Halloween treat. I think one of, I've read all of her novels and I think her earlier one, Winter's People, might well be the most terrifying novel I've ever read. It definitely made me sleep with all of my closet doors closed very tightly. That sounds way too creepy for me, but a good recommendation when I need a creepy read for people. (laughs) You can't go wrong with Jennifer McMahon. Exactly. Well, I have something that's not the least bit terrifying, although it is a great mystery. Many of you will be familiar with Nita Prose's debut novel called The Maid, in which readers met Molly the Maid, who works at a hotel, and she is excellent at her job. Uh, Readers will understand that Molly is somewhere on the spectrum. She takes things very literally. So when she sees a dirty room, she goes about tidying it up. And in The Maid, she came across a dead body in her room, but as the room was in disarray, she felt the need to clean it to perfection before she called the authorities. And so, of course, she came under suspicion as the murderer herself. In this stunning sequel, The Mystery Guest, it comes in November on the 23rd. And I often think that even if I enjoy a sequel, that it doesn't stand up to the quality necessarily of the first one. The mystery guest, I assure you, can stand very strongly right next to the maid. And we get to spend more time with Molly the maid. And that right there is a huge treat. Molly, once again, wants to clean up a murder so that she can help uncover the truth. In this one, literary fans are going to love it because an author has come to the hotel where she works to give a presentation about his latest mystery work. And he drops dead in the hotel's tea room. As they start investigating it, it becomes clear that it was not a natural death. It was a murder. But who is the suspect? Is it one of the staff, someone from outside? 
But what becomes really fascinating is that Molly knows that she alone can find the killer's identity because when she was a child, she had a relationship with this mystery author. She and her beloved grandmother knew him and worked for him in his home. And there are secrets that need to come to light to help solve this mystery. So please meet the mystery guest in November. What a great holiday gift idea to give someone both the maid and the mystery guest in a little bundle. It'll be such a treat at the holidays when you are done for the day to sit down and lounge and spend some time with Molly. And this is a wonderful novel. It is a great mystery, great character, and well-written, fun, and I just can't recommend it highly enough. So The Maid is Nita Prose's first novel, and the sequel, The Mystery Guest, arrives in late November. And another one that's on my TBR, I haven't gotten to it. It's one of those I, I just kind of save for myself. It's it's over there waiting for me when I need something fun and quirky in between some of the other novels. See, I was a glutton. I read it the day it arrived. <laughs> I didn't realize that was going to be a series until I started seeing the second book out there. I didn't either. And I don't know if it was because it was such a success that people wanted to spend more time with the maid. So she gave us a second installment or not. But I could certainly see Molly having further adventures, although I have not heard whether that's going to happen. Absolutely. All right. So my next one, you know, I've talked about this before. Books called me without my even realizing it. And as evidenced by this being, you know, because I loved William Kent Kruger's book as well. So if you add that in, this is my third title set in a small Midwestern town. We have Distant Sons by Tim Johnston. And if you are a fan of William Kent Kruger's writing, then you are going to love Tim Johnston's Distant Sons. It is a haunting and absorbing crime novel set in a small Wisconsin town that is still reeling from the unsolved disappearance of three young boys decades earlier. Two men, each running from their own past, find their paths crossing as they take on a job working for a local man with a lot of secrets. There is incredible character development here. It's a slow writing pace, and I call it a quiet thriller because you just kind of quietly move through the story. It had me both wanting to slow down and just really enjoy the ride and race through it because I so wanted to find out what happened at the end. And it does, it's got this kind of slow build up to several events that that had me go, oh my God. So I loved this book. You know, I hate to gender books as far as recommendations, but if you have a man in your life that you know, you're looking to give a novel or a recommendation to, I highly recommend this one. It's next up for my husband as soon as he finishes William Kent Kruger's. I agree, Mary. My husband's not a huge reader, but this is one I handed to him as well. And I think that what sets this one apart is the quality of the writing. Absolutely. It's, It's so rich and nuanced. It is. And complex characters. How grim is it? Because I know his book Descent was pretty grim. So is it as grim as that, or is it not quite so bad? It's not cheerful, but I wouldn't say that, you know, it doesn't leave you feeling like you've been run over by a bus of misery. (laughs) That's a good way to put it, Pamela. (laughs) Okay. I I really liked Descent till I got to the end, and it was pretty graphic. And I was like, oh, 
So I just wasn't sure about this one because I, the graphicness is hard for me. I didn't find it that graphic. I don't think it's overly graphic. No, I it's it's dark, but there's no gratuitous gore. Well, I have something completely different for you, and I am going to hop into November here. It's called Again and Again by the prolific author Jonathan Evison. And if that name sounds familiar to you, it might be because his novel Lawn Boy has become one of the most banned books in America. So, And I highly recommend Lawn Boy and his other novels. So take a look at that while you are waiting for the November release of Again and Again. In this novel, Eugene Miles is his primary character, and Eugene tells everyone that he is a thousand years old. Now, whether he is a thousand or whether he is actually 93, it doesn't matter. What matters is finding love and friendship. And we know he's an unreliable narrator, but you can't wait to spend time with him. Eugene lives in a nursing home, and he gets a new caregiver named Angel. This is a young man of color whose life could not be more different from Eugene's. However, they become confidants, and he listens to Eugene spin these tales of the woman he loves and how he has found her throughout time and pursued a relationship with her through time and space and finding her, although she does not remember him. And do we believe Eugene? Do we not believe Eugene? It doesn't really matter. (laughs) What matters is this wonderful story and how his life has played out and how he's found this woman that he has loved no matter what and the relationships that he's forging still at 93 or 1,000 years old. So I highly recommend that you pick this up. He brings a lot of wisdom to the life of young man Angel, and yet Angel brings a lot of wisdom to him as well. And it's a wonderful friendship that these two very, very different people in both lifestyle and age bring to the table and what their relationship does to enhance the lives of each other. And so again and again comes out in November. And it's a beautiful story. And it gives you a lot of hope. And I think people need that these days. Hope is definitely in short supply. And who doesn't want a book that gives us some more? Exactly. I agree with that completely. And I didn't realize he was the author of Lawn Boy. So it's nice to make that connection. Yes. Yeah, he's highly prolific. All right. I have a final title. This is a November release. And This is my absolute number one holiday gift recommendation because it is the perfect gift for so many different types of readers. It is The Comfort of Crows, A Backyard Year by Margaret Renkel. She is the author of Late Migrations. I have been savoring this book since I got it months ago. It is a beautiful and meditative devotional, which is set in 52 chapters, one for each week of the year. The author follows the seasons of both nature and life as she takes us through one year. Poetic, thoughtful, absolutely, you're going to want to get two copies of this because you are going to keep one for yourself. You are, in fact, get three copies. You're going to know somebody as soon as you start reading Someone is going to come into your mind as the perfect recipient for this gift. And then I recommend a third copy that you just have 
wrapped and ready because it is a perfect hostess gift. You know, you don't know who drinks, who doesn't drink. You don't know what they drink. You're showing up to a party. You can bring a bottle of wine, you can bring flowers, or you can bring a gorgeous book that the recipient is going to treasure and savor for an entire year. This is just absolutely beautiful. I love it so much. Like I said, I savor it. I I literally, it's like the finest chocolate where I just read a couple of pages and then I set it down and I let those pages absorb. And, you know, when you're through, you can pick it up and start it all over again. I, I don't think her words will ever get old. That is a great gift idea, Mary. I have it here somewhere and I've been looking around, but I can't find it. But you're making me think I need to pick it up. And that's a great way to do it. Pick up, read a couple pages, put it down. So I will have to do that. Wonderful. My last book for the fall recommendations is a true account, Hannah Mashery's Sojourn Amongst the Pirates, written by herself. This is a novel from Catherine Howe, and it comes out in November. This is a true account, first-person narrative, written by a young woman who disguised herself as a boy and set sail on a pirate ship to escape a crushing poverty and hard life in New England. And it is filled with adventure, and you're reading along when suddenly you are flipped to the next narrative tale that takes place in the 1930s, and you find out that a young college student at Radcliffe has found this incredible first-person diary of a young woman who's a pirate, and she takes it to her professor in hopes that they will be able to uncover the source of this and perhaps the treasure itself. And as it goes back and forth, you are hard-pressed to decide which is the more compelling and rip-rollicking tale. The one set on the high seas with these pirates and their very um, dangerous and violent adventures, or the intrigue set in academia and the research that goes into taking up an expedition to uncover the truth behind the diary. And I promise you that you will be turning pages so quickly, trying to solve this age-old mystery and what has happened. And Catherine Howe has really hit the nail on the head with this one. While you're waiting for its November release, I highly recommend that you go back and pick up one of her earlier books called The Physic Book of Deliverance Dane, which is set in the times, you know, of when people believed in witches and that women could become physics with their herbs and knowledge of this. And this was one of the books that, like Mary, I just kind of kept a pile of them because it was a book I gave as a gift so many times. And it's wonderful. So the Physic Book of Deliverance Dane is something you can read now. And then you can pre-order yourself a copy of A True Account, Hannah Mastery's Sojourn Among the Pirates by Catherine Howe, which comes out in November. Well, she must be busy because she has that book coming out in September with Anderson Cooper about the Astors. Correct. Correct. Which is on my list as well, because I'm always fascinated with that whole Gilded Age period. So I'm really interested to read it. And it's up soon for me. And I was just working on my Patreon episode for September releases and it was on there. And then I saw your list and I was like, oh, she has another book coming out this fall, too. So that's interesting. And she's got a little little guy. So she's a busy woman. (laughs) She is a busy woman. She's from Houston, too. Is she? I thought she's from New England. She doesn't live here now, but she grew up here, went to high school here. 
Oh, I see. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I've had the pleasure of meeting her a couple of times. She's fascinating. Definitely. I've seen her speak at bookstores here. Thank you both so much. This was wonderful. I always add so many books to my list. And when we're done here, we're going to do a special Patreon talk about 2023 thrillers that you recommend, which I'm looking forward to as well. But I always appreciate your time. And I know my listeners do as well. I get great feedback on these episodes. I absolutely love bringing my excitement for upcoming releases to your listeners. And they can follow me at Blurb Your Enthusiasm. If they want to see what I'm reading for next year, uh, join me over there. And I'm Pamela Klingerhorn. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and occasionally Twitter, now known as X. And I'm also always talking about books. And it's a joy to do it with you, Cindy, and Mary, as always. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional Book, Book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy, happy reading. reading! Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I would love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook, where you can find me at Thoughts From a Page. If you enjoy the show, please consider joining my Patreon group to access bonus content and support the podcast. If you have a moment to rate the show or subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcasts, I would really appreciate it. It makes a big difference. And please tell all of your friends about Thoughts From a Page. Word of mouth does wonders to help the show grow. I hope you'll tune in next time. Hi there. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one -on -one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no.